We love you with all our hearts. You have been with us, Lord. You have been mindful of us. You have cared for us. Through valleys and hills. Through temptations and trials. You have been with us, Lord. And we are very grateful, Father. And we know that you are leading us to the end for Alpha and Omega. What you begin, you accomplish. So we are here at the ending of this year and the beginning of another year. Thanking you from the bottom of our hearts. No taking your favor for granted. But recognizing it. And appreciating you. As we ask you for more favor. As the songwriter put it. A few more years shall roll. A few more seasons shall pass. Then we shall be. Where time is known. Where tempests are known. Where trials are known. Where temptations are known. Then Lord prepare. My soul for blessing. Lord the moyas that are ahead of us. We have reduced a year now and asking you grace for the many moyas that are ahead of us and more, more favor Lord. For we know we don't live on our own. Some trust in chariots. Other people trust in horses. But for us who trust in you, Lord. So even now we ask you to be with us in this service. Give us grace, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Dear some prayer requests. Sister Agnes requests to be remembered in prayer. She has been attacked with the children. They are all sick. Agnes, we are going to blessed service. And another remember my client, Annette, who is under critical condition Annette, COVID. COVID. and I believe our Lord can heal her and sister sister there is a phone to be dedicated let us bring these needs before the Lord Heavenly Father in you we trust you are our fortress the Lord God, we bring these prayer requests, Lord. 
Abantu bano bawandi sebieta gobi nokubaba kiza we tusaba oyanukuro kusaba kwafe. Your word is true. Ireche gamba cho chesiko. Father, we pray for Sister Agnes. Mukama tusabira mani na fe Agnes. With all the children who have been attacked by a sickness, may your power visit them, touch them and make them free. Make them well, Father. Grant it our Savior. We join Sister Edith to pray for her client who is in critical condition Lord we pray that you save her soul and rescue her life from the grip of that enemy we trust you Lord that you are bigger than any enemy and as we pray you answer prayer. May you help this lady, Lord. This mother. Set her free, Lord. From the attack from the enemy. And let her have freedom. From the enemy. Heal her, Lord. Let her recover. From COVID, let her be made well. We give you the glory and honor in our Because we believe you have heard our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, God bless you. I congratulate you for coming to the end of the year. Amen. We just have a few hours to the end of the year. Uh, God has been so good to us. And we are here at the end of the year. As we enter new one, thanking God for His goodness. These are very difficult times. Really. So when we go, when the Lord takes us through a year, you can count the so many challenges that happened to us. So many, so many trials, but the Lord is with us. I want us to read together Psalms 115. And then we shall have the preaching. Not unto us, Lord. We, we, we are reading together in unison. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouth, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they hand not. Feet have they, but they walk not. 
neither speak they through their throne. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord is. But the earth has he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into the silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. This song has been in my heart. Uh, I know it's a common song here, but it has been in my heart when we were traveling through the night that the Lord has been so gracious to us. And I just wanted to just sing if we can sing together it's okay. There is something in my soul which keeps the shadows all away. It is love, my Savior's love. Something lightens every burden, gives me gladness day by day. It is love, my Savior's love. Oh, the precious love of Jesus. How it thrills my ransom soul. More and more, I want to sing his praises. While the happy ages roll. Now when the tempter tries to win me, this something keeps me strong and true. It is love, my Savior's love. Oh, something makes my life a blessing to the needy in the throng. It is love, my Savior's love. Oh, the precious love of Jesus. How it thrills my ransom soul. So more and more I'll sing his praises while the happy ages roll. Now when misfortune overtakes me, something comes my troubled soul it is love my savior's love or oh, something draws my soul to heaven that sweet land of peace and rest 
It is love, my Savior's love. Oh, oh the precious love of Jesus. How it thrills my ransomed soul. Some more and more I'll sing His praises. While the happy ages roll, souls astray, bow down in sorrow. Something waits for you today. It is love, our Savior's love. It will give you joy and comfort. Make all your burdens roll away. It is love, my Savior's love. Now, oh, the precious love of Jesus. How it thrills my ransomed soul. More and more. I'll sing his praises while the happy ages roll. Now more and more, I'm gonna sing his praises while the happy ages roll. Amen. Amen. Uh, really happy to be here. I almost didn't come. I've even been excused by my host, Bragidion. Uh, because we have had so many things to do. But my son Jesse said, no, we have to go with you. So, I bring you many greetings from various saints in Kitale. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, we are just... Going on there, we are trying to construct a church just like you now here. So those are the businesses that were keeping me there. So I thank Brother Gideon for giving me a, a holiday. And, uh, also asking me to talk to you just a little bit. So that we cross the year together. So I seek for your prayers. Yeah. Feeling a little weak. And uh, so many other things. So uh, we shall read in the book of Luke chapter 14. Now there was 
there was a message that I was <coughs> planning to preach in my church. I have not yet preached it anywhere. Uh, or rather, or rather I have not preached it in the church. Mostly when you go to visit, you usually preach something that you have preached at home. Uh, but I felt in my heart like preaching it here. So you pray for me. Uh, uh, now we will read in Luke 14. Uh, uh, we will read uh, Luke 14, 28 to 33. And before we read, we shall pray. Precious Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for making it possible for us to be here. We are trusting entirely in your grace. We know that there is nothing that one can do without the Spirit of God leading and empowering. For we have been taught by thy servant that the way we serve God is that the God that sent us goes in us and does the work himself. We pray that you help us to just entirely leave us, our spirits in your hands, dear God. And you will be in the utterance of the word. You that knows, knoweth what everyone that is under this roof needs. We pray that you will help us. And you speak to us, Lord. We are thankful, dear God, for this year that is passed by. Lord, we are thankful that you keep us alive. There must be a purpose why you keep us alive. But may you help us, Father, to find that purpose. And to honor you by, by, by doing your will. Lord, we commit ourselves to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. For which of you, intending to build a tower, Sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he shall have he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king goeth to make war against another king? Sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an embassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever be he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Kubanga ani kumwe wabanga yagala okuzimba nyumba atasoka kutunula nabalira ebyemirimu ebyemirimu jayo obanga alina ebyokujimala mpozi wabanga amaze okuteka omusinji bwata yinza kujimaliza bona abalaba batunula okumusekerera 
May the Lord add blessings. We can be seated. I want us to share on a portion of this message called Enticing Spirit. Enticing spirits. Now, uh, we know that there, are, there, there is a raging battle. We are not in a place where we are at rest. When we came to Christ, or let's say when we are in this world, we are in the midst of a raging battle. Right? It's like if you go to a place where there is there are two armies that are fighting. And you are in the midst of that battle. Bullets are flying everywhere. And the bombs and every, all kinds of weapons. Now we are not. Let me put it like this. We are not one, we, we are not part of that army. Of that part of those armies fighting. See? Are we clear? It is not that we are one army. And we are confronting another army. The thing is that there are two armies that are fighting. Different from us. Right? Amen. But we are thrown right in that battle. That is the situation spiritually how we are. Now, and I will take a little time to describe this battle so that, so that we understand the context in which I am talking. Now, this battle is not our battle. Right? We are not the ones fighting. Because this battle it started law. It started before we came into existence. It started in heaven. Before human beings came into existence. It was a battle between, it, it is an angelic battle. It's an angelic. Yeah. 
The, the angels of God who are led by Michael in heaven they were fighting with Lucifer. They fought there in heaven and then Lucifer and his angels they were driven from there. And when now, and the battle came here on earth. Right? So the battle was there even before we were in existence. And it has continued. That angelic battle is still continuing. Now, now, you may ask me now, where do we come in? It is because we have been thrown into that battlefield. Because the battlefield now is in the human mind. Right? Amen. And it depends on which sides we take. When we take the side of God, the angels of God win. When we don't when we take the sides of the if the evil one uh, manages to convince us to join them, then they win. Right? Remember, we are not we are we are not part of that army. The armies that are fighting. With us, we just take sides. Now, let me just give you an illustration so that you understand what I the context what I mean. For example, when Jesus died on the cross, humanly speaking, when, when he was hanging on the cross there, See, for 33 years, he had lived on this earth. And every time the enemy tries to attack him, he would confront the enemy. And the enemy would be driven back. Is that right? They will try to arrest him. Then when they come to talk, to, to, when they are about to do it, he looks at them and they, are, they run away. Right? Up to the time he finished his work. Now when he finished his work, in the garden of Gethsemane, when his work on earth was over, and he was about now to be arrested, so that he can become a sacrifice, he even, you know, just took, like the communion, we are taking the communion today, he took bread and break it, and said, this is my body that is broken for you. You, you take and eat. You know, you know I've always been, I, I had always been wondering at this statement where he said eh, that it is not, there is nobody who takes my life from me. I'm the one who gives my own life. And I was wondering, but he, Jesus, he didn't commit suicide. Yes, Christo, it is people who killed him. See, he even feared death. But they killed him. Then how come, how come he is saying that, that nobody takes his life from him? Then I understood. Now, if I knew that 
coming to Kampala, I would die on the road. Do you think I would take my trip to Kampala? No. I would stay right in... Right at home. In fact, if I knew that my death is on the way to Kampala, I would, I would take the opposite direction so that I'm as far away from my death as possible. But Jesus knew exactly what is going, is going to happen to him. He even took illustrated it, took bread and break it. This is how my body is going to be broken. Long before he was arrested, long before any soldier appeared, right? Amen. And then he took wine. This is how my blood is going to be poured out. Right? Amen. Now, so he actually, he, he actually gave his life. Right. Amen. Now, and when they took him, and they beat him, they humiliated him. And finally, they hung him on the cross. Physically, he looked like he was defeated. But, but was he defeated? When he shouted, it is finished. We saw that was a shout of victory. How can it be victory when he is, when he is now helped? When he's saying, my father, my father, why have you how have you forsaken me? The reason why it was victory is because the word was victorious. The word, the word had been made flesh. The word had been fulfilled. Oh, this is so exciting. Amen. The word was victorious. The flesh had been defeated. But you know, the battle was not between the, between the devil and the flesh. The battle was between the devil and the word. The flesh was defeated. But the word was victorious. Amen. See? So when we, when we come into the battle, we present ourselves there. Sometimes you may be beaten. Sometimes you may suffer. Sometimes you may be tempted. But the question is, even if you are sitting there, beaten, humiliated, the problem is, the, the issue is not you. Have you kept the faith? How is the The focus is on the word. Is the word still made flesh in you? Amen. 
Let me tell you. You can be in a position this this afternoon. You are, where your flesh is very comfortable. Oh, you have everything. You, you have, have money. You are you are okay. Everything is right. But the word has been laid down. The word is in the dust. The word is trodden underfoot. Though physically you may be very okay, but you are totally defeated. See? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that is where the battle is. We are thrown into the battlefield. If we take sides with the word, the angels of God win. Amen. And in so doing, sometimes we may suffer. But as long as the word wins, Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is an angelic battle. Now, listen, listen to this. Our topic is enticing spirit. Are we together? Now, the human being, regardless of, our, of, the, of their disposition, Sinsonga disposition. Yeah, regardless of how they are. Sinsonga engeri jari mu. Regardless of who they are. Sinsongo munte yo chari chichari. He is a fallen son or daughter of God. Ye mana wakatonda umwaro bomene nzee ya gua. See, your whole being, ah, obutonde obona was given to you by God. Bwakuwe wakatonda. Your body, omubirigo. You are. Your spirit and your soul all are designed by God and was given to you for his own use. Now, and for the enemy to be able to use you to use anybody here on earth, they have to deceive them. I don't know that you're getting that real clear. When you see drunkards on the street, when you see murderers, when you see witches, whatever evil you see, if that person was, was, did not have a deception by the devil, by if enticing spirits did not work on that individual, that person will be a son of God. When you see these atheists saying that they don't believe there is God, is they are just deceived. Once they are out of this life, then they will discover whether, whether there is God or not. They are just under enticing spirits. And those enticing spirits, they, they do not respect religion. 
In fact, they are, they are, some of them are very religious. Right? Amen. They come into the, the holiest place. <laughs> Satan himself goes before the very presence of God himself. Same as Gabriel, same as all the other archangels. So it's not that they are scared Katsuwa of a Bible. Batia, Bible. It's not that they are scared of praises. That when you praise and shout and, and praise God, God devils cannot come there. That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. The devil is not scared of a pulpit. He would want you to think that he is, but he is not. See? Mm. When human beings Abantu. serve the devil in whatever form, it is through enticing spirits that deceive them. And now, we are, we, they are the ones that we are, talk, we are going to talk about. Now, really, even when you, when you read this message of enticing spirits, the prophet said that actually it should, it should be called demonology. It's part of the demonology series. Are we together? It's part of demonology. And let, me, let me just take a little time to remind you that demons are real. They are as real as, as these objects that we see. Demons are substance. Although they are in spirit form, but they are so real. Right? Amen. And as you know, some of them are able to take the, the physical form. So that they can go into, into bodies, human bodies. And they cause trouble there. Now, and the devil cannot create them a body. Right? Amen. So what he does, they are able to get into the human body and take some of the use the own use the body itself to create or to form a body of its own using our bodies like probably probably you have heard of this when they are describing this coronavirus what it does. Because, because as, the radio, as they are educating people on the radio, I have heard them taking these messages. But, and it's a very good illustration of how demons work. This coronavirus, coronavirus is a demon. So what it does, when it gets into the cell, it's called a virus. 
virus. That is just the, 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 the name called, the name that the medical world calls it. Right? Amen. But it's a life. It is something that has life. So when it enters the human cell, it uses the substance of the cell to create itself more of more of the virus cells. The cell is made of proteins and, and fats and other, other substances that, that make a human body. So when it enters there, it just takes a little protein, a little fat, proteins, a little water from the cell itself and then it creates itself more cells. And it, it multiplies itself using what is called the DNA of the body makes many, many, many more viruses. And then they are shed. They come out. They kill the cell. When the cell bursts, those viruses go and each of them infect other cells. Then they multiply themselves, multiply themselves, taking a little protein from there, a little fat from there, a little water from there, a little calcium from there. So they create a body using the human body. Are we together? Now, and each demon it creates a body that is peculiar to itself. See? And it produces poisonous substances. That affect other cells of the body. Such that even when you go to the doctor. And you describe how you are feeling. The doctor will listen to you. Listen to you. And then he will understand this, this is such and such a demon. He may, he may call it malaria, he may call it what, he may call it corona, he may call it whatever he wants to call it. But each demon has its own life. And it forms its own type of body. Just like uh, if you have a, a, a body that is multiplying like a, the body of a dog. A dog. A dog. Now, if you have a, a, a female dog and and when she, she takes life when she mates with a male and a baby dog is being formed inside. It will, multiply, it will not form a long nose like an elephant. Right? It will form a body that corresponds to that life of the dog. See? 
And a demon has a certain life. And it will form a body corresponding to that kind of life. Throughout the history of the world, people started getting malaria thousands and thousands of years ago. And that demonic life of malaria has been having the same effect on human beings. Because those demons just jump from one human being to another. Forming the same kind of bodies. Are we together? Same. So, and they are, they are real. It's a real life. That's the, that's the, the, the that's the demons in physical form. And let me tell you, now, they are so real that when doctors study about them, they utilize that knowledge so that they can treat diseases. For example, there are many cancers that are detected. This is how they are detected. The doctor, if, if they send a doctor here, he will know what I'm talking about. Or a nurse. Or some, no, medical people, they know this. When you want to detect how the a, a cancer has spread in the body. You inject the patient with an, with an injection of glucose that, that has been um, the molecules of glucose have been tagged with with a with a chemical with a with a with an element that can be seen on X-ray. Because demons are known to love sugar. Right? Amen. Now, those of you who, don't, who love sugar, I'm not saying you are demons. But, but I'm just telling you, demons love sugar. So, when you inject this patient with a lot of sugar, with a shot of sugar, wherever this demon body is, it gobbles up the sugar very quickly. And then it's concentrated in the demonic body. So you take the x-ray. And then you can know the body of the ah. demon reaches here. Because that's where the sugar is. Then the surgeon can cut that area. <laughs> So they, the doctors utilize the knowledge that demons love sugar. They have a life. There are things that they like and things they don't like. 
And also these cancers, eh? They also, some of them have a certain shape. Like those that, inf- that affect the woman's breast. There are several types. There are, term, there are some that cause a, a large wound that is there. And there are some that are known not to cause any wound. They just hide themselves inside there. And those are very dangerous because you never, they are usually detected late. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that they have certain characteristics. They form certain bodies because they are real, they are real creatures, real beings. Right? Amen. And even sometimes when you when the when the doctors cut them out. When they are teaching medical students, this type of cancer it looks like this. Now, if it affects somebody else, 50 years to come. Maybe a million miles away. If you have the same kind of body. Because it's the same type of life. Alright. Amen. They are that real. I'm just trying to show you that how real they are. Now. The demons that also affect, there are some demons that do not take human bodies. They don't take body form. Those are the ones that remain in the spirit form. They they are not capable or they they don't affect the body. But they go into the soul. Right? Amen. And when they go to the soul, they destroy the character. See? Amen. Instead of somebody being a child of God, having the nature of a child of God, a demon enters them. And they destroy the character. He becomes a thief. He becomes a liar. Anything that is against God's word. Fornicator. Or just unclean. Let me tell you. They are also just as real. As the ones that affect the body. Right? Amen. They are not an imagination. Oh, I hope I am able to convince you here. It is not something that you try, you try to do. See? If there is a demon in there, 
If you allow a demon to be in you, you don't want to get rid of it. But you let it be. But you try to fight it. Or, or you try to fight its effect. If you have somebody with a demon of lying, and he doesn't want that demon to be cast out. But he wants it in. But he will fight it. And says, no, I won't lie. To begin with, it doesn't work. Number two. If you let it remain in you. Deliberately. You will still go to hell. Because you are letting a demon remain in you. When your body or your being was created so that it can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because even if you don't lie, there are still some effects that will be seen. Perhaps before I leave that, let me illustrate by giving this, the the talking about the demon of fornication. You may never physically do the act. But when that spirit is there, it will disturb your thoughts. Right? Amen. You will have a hard time. And you are going to Jesus said, whoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, he has done it in his heart already. So it's not the question of doing it physically. But it's what kind of a spirit you, you let remain in you. See? Amen. They are just as real. Do you remember the story of uh, that girl that was called Nelly Sanders? A story Nelly Sanders. Nelly Sanders. It was in this message called Mubaka. The Greatest Battle Ever Fought. You know the story? Some of you do. Let me just tell it. So, so that the others. For the sake of others who have not. This girl, she was a dancer. Used to go to discos and dancing, dancing. And she would win trophies. Now, and then she got saved. Just a few weeks after getting saved. Under Brother Branham's ministry. One day on a Saturday night. She was going home. At night. Carrying some materials. Then she passed near a dancing hall. And the music was going on. Boom, 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 boom. 
Now, and she stopped to listen. She had just got saved, so sanctification had not yet taken hold. So she stopped. The music got started getting better. And it attracted her to that hall. She went there to peep him inside. Thinking that she was going to testify to some of those people. There's no way you can do that. You should testify to people but not on their ground. Right? Amen. Before she knew it, she was in some boy's arms dancing. Then she came to himself, to herself. And she took off. She ran. She ran straight to Brother Branham's place. And she knocked on the door. Hey, Billy, 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 Billy. Billy. Then she said, what's happening? Now when he got out, and she told her, she told him the story. And she was so worked up. She was so worked up. She was saying, I didn't mean to do it. I just thought that I would go there for a minute. Now, Brother Branham rebuked the demon. Right? Now, and it came out of her. He saw it. It was real. It looked like a bat. See? And it went out. Brother Branham had rescued a drunkard who was sleeping on the on the on the road there. Oh, there was a drunkard. Who a drunkard. A friend of his who was a drunkard. So he had put him in his bed. Now the demon went straight for the drunkard. And it was so real. But even Brother Branham's mother. Because when the drunkard, even the drunkard saw it. And he became sober. Brother Branham's mother was shaking the sheets trying to look for it. But it had entered the drunkard. Where did she get it from? From that dancing hall. See? Mm. People who live there. People who live that kind of life. You young people that are attracted by the things of the world. And the music of the world. And dancing and all that. They are demons. And they are real. They look like bats. Lizards. They are real. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, Brother Branham went And I'm telling you, anything we are going to focus more in this message, we are going to focus more on the demons in the, in the spiritual realm. 
Brethren, as we as we as the, as the years go by, and as we come to the nearing of the coming of the Lord, these are the things that must these are the things that must be a priority for us. See? Amen. Because even if we come and teach about the end time, and, and we lay out everything, that it may give you head knowledge, but more important is how to get out of this generation. Amen. As the plagues of God are falling on it, as the as the plagues, the plagues, the plagues, plagues. As they are falling, you get out of this world safely into the arms of Jesus Christ. Christ. See, and you are trying to teach on the things that may keep you here. Let me tell you, anything that deforms human character is the work of demons. See? Now, it's the work of demons. Let me, before I go very far, when Satan is bound, after the, after the, after the tribulation period, at the end of three and a half years of the tribulation period, and Satan is bound, it's not only Satan that is going to be bound, the, the chief devil himself, it's not only him that shall be bound, all demons will have no work on earth to do. The world will be demon free. See? Let me make that real clear. You know, sometimes, sometimes when we teach, you know, deep things, right? Sometimes it's good to make things clear. Right now, as we are living, the blood of Jesus Christ, we believe, is still on the throne. We are still in the day of redemption. There are some people who teach that it is no longer there. That it left in 1963. Yet some of them were born after 1963. And they got saved later. Uh, those, are, those are things, theories that are too complex for me. What, me, I, what I believe, what I know, as long as there is salvation, the blood is still on the throne. Amen. I don't know other theories. Because I have not seen that in the word. <laughs> some of us, some of them tell us, Oh brother, it is written between the lines. But like I have always said, 
I've always said, what is written between the lines cannot fight the lines. Amen. Read the lines first. And then read between. And when what I see is that when the bride is taken up, the throne, the master seat becomes as it becomes smoking. It becomes a throne of judgment. Now let me tell you. The, this is still salvation time. God is still pleading. Pleading to the sinners to give their lives to Christ. Pleading to the church members to stop their nonsense and get fully redeemed because that's the work of the blood. Then what's going to happen what is going to happen after the blood is, leaves the throne the Holy Ghost gathers the church and takes her to glory. From there there is that three and a half years of tribulation where there shall be physical Killing. Not spiritual. Physical. There shall be plagues. There shall be political chaos. There will be famines. All kinds of things will strike the earth. Then at the end of three and a half years, there's what is called the battle of Armageddon that is going to clear what has been left of the, of the plagues, the political, political, political chaos. What you see happening in Rwanda, 1994, what you saw happening in Kenya, even what happened here in Uganda, in the 70s, some of you are, are not, some of you are, most of you are not born. But, see, those are just tests. Those are just tests. So that as God tries to warn people, they have something that can see that makes a picture. So that you can get it better. But the real one is coming in the tribulation period. Then, that battle clears everything. But, but there shall be a small remnant of people whom the devil cannot deceive. See? I don't know who they are. But the Bible says that they shall be there. Listen, they shall not have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. If they were, they would have been in glory. But they remained. 
And somehow they survive. And they shall walk into the, into the millennium. When they walk in the millennium, the Bible says the devil will be bound. Right? Amen. Now the devil is bound by a chain of circumstances. All his subjects are in hell. And he has nobody to listen to him. Demons have no effect on earth. Ooh, and you know what's going to happen? The earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. See? Amen. There shall be sinners here, but somehow they cannot listen to the devil. But they will not be saved. Amen. Though they are sinners and they are not sinning in the millennium there shall not even be one theft. There shall be no adultery. There shall be nobody fighting another. When they meet on the street they shall be raising their hands praising God. Amen. Demons will have no effect. Although there shall be sinners. People who cannot be redeemed. Because redemption was over. This is the time of redemption. Can you imagine? As much as the glory of God will be there. But they cannot get saved. Because at the end of the millennium, when Satan is loosed, he is going to deceive them. And they shall start fighting. Then the fire of God comes from heaven and consumes them. And they die. Then there will be a general resurrection. And those same people who are in the millennium, sinners, if they, if they were sinners, they shall raise up and they, are, they go to hell. <laughs> See? Amen. Now, I'm, sure, I'm using that to show you that whatever evil you see on earth, whether you see it in the world, whether you see it in the church, it is through enticing spirits. See? Mm. If there were no enticing spirits, you'd see none of it. Now, for example, I, I, in fact, I want to draw a picture of that. What would happen in the human body if it, it, it was completely demon-free, disease-free? 
a human body completely healthy no problem hey brother you would not even have an ache anywhere see you would have no the eyes would be seeing perfectly the ears would be hearing perfectly Nobody, be, nobody would be walking with a limp. Even old people. You'd be walking like Moses. The Bible says that Moses at the age of 120 his eye never got dim. And his natural strength. He was walking with straight shoulders. At 120. Mind clear. That's how you'd be walking. Because the body is completely okay. You eat food. You eat food, digest well, no stomach Right. Amen. Lungs working well, no cough. Now, now look at, let's look at the spirit, the character. If there was no demon, Remember that the human being was made to have a character like God. You would never have, that person would never lie. Amen. He would not have a tricky character. See? You would have somebody with who, who, who not a raging, bad tempered bull in the house. Whereby when they enter the house, the children have to look for which corner to hide. See? The children, people, everybody, everybody would be peaceful. Uh, hmm? They would be playing. But when the fellow comes in, they run for books and, things, and pretend to be very good fellows. If there was if if a, if a marriage was completely demon free there would be sweethearts they would walk together live together just like Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden God would be between them in perfect harmony. See? 
with the hearts throbbing for each other. They would be no jealousy. There would be no resentment or disharmony of any kind. Now, what about the church? The church would be a haven of peace. Everybody in perfect harmony. Pastor in love with the congregation. Congregation in love with their pastor. Sister to sister. With a childlike kind of love. There would be friendliness that would be, so, that would be so deep. Where, like Brother Branham was saying, that they, would, they are so friendly that they would chew each other's chewing gum. See? Of course, that doesn't mean that you start doing that, but what it means, what it means that is that you be so free with each other until you are just like children. Because children are the ones who do that kind of thing. See? With a childlike love, there would be no issues. The church would be in such a harmony See? that people would be laughing. Hey, like I, was, I was illustrating yeah, the other weekend. I was preaching in a certain in Albagon. You would go to a you go to a house, and when the wife, when the husband and wife don't know you are coming, when the when the couple, the, you will find the brother chasing the sister around like a child. They would be playing. See? Mm. And in the church, nobody would have complexes. See? Now, you get the picture I'm giving. Nobody has issues with the other. Nobody is, has heaviness against another. But we are just like we were in the like, like the children of God in the Garden of Eden. And if there is anything that rises up, because there is bound to be a misunderstanding, the sun would not set. See? Without that thing being sorted out. You know, I was saying in that place, eh? Uh, in, I was saying in a blog one that right now, suppose you see a brother telling another, hey, brother, the way you have spoken, that's the devil speaking in you. 
you would have a situation where people correct one another like that. And there is no offense. Jesus himself, yes, he was telling the disciples, get me behind me, Satan. When he resurrected from the dead, he met two of them going to Emmaus. And as they were talking, one of them told him a very, very sad story. You are, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? You don't know what has happened. What happened? We had a man called Jesus. Mighty prophet. They told him the story. When he opened his mouth, he told them, you fools. You, did they get angry? People would be free to rebuke one another. I'll tell you what I, you what I think. And you love me well enough to understand that I love you. Amen. But when you see people scared of each other, they treat each other politely. Do you know what that is? That is when you have peace between people because they see policemen with guns and whips going around. But if those policemen left, they will be on each other's necks. You are just scared of each other. Because you are afraid of hurting it. Somebody will misunderstand you. So that even if you see something wrong, that is not freedom. There should be such a freedom. You young sisters, you should be so free with the old sisters such that they, any of them can rebuke you and, and, and teach you how to behave. But you do that. Some, sometimes these sisters, they see others misbehaving. But, that's, that's not what I mean. When you see this, there are demons there. See? Exactly. The church ought to be like that. See? And now, what happens? Like I said, Homes are not in the right way. The church is not, is not the way it used to, it would be. Just, just because there are some enticing spirits that come and deceive the people there and they, they normalize the abnormal. Never get Zako or take a moon bed at a bit of moon bed in two. 
Let's say be the name of the Lord. Anything else is the work of demons. Just like, let me tell you, whatever the age, if you see somebody walking with a cane, it's demons on the body. That's why sometimes if, you see, if, you, if you have ever taken your old your old grandmother to hospital. And she is suffering. And then you see that she is being neglected. Just because they say she is old. There is nothing like that. I can tell you that. There is nothing like that. The body is supposed to be healthy. Now you may, say, you may tell me, do you mean that people are not supposed to die? No, 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 no. Hey, people should die the way Moses died. Like what? The way Moses died. But not everybody is like Moses. Yes. Because God, God sends those demons come on the body so that the person can go home. Are you getting me? I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. Oh yes, God sends them. But you cannot say there is no demon. God could have sent it to take the person home. But I'm just saying when the, when the body is diseased, when the body is free from demons, it functions well. And I'm talking about more about the character. Now, the thing is, eh? this, I'm talking about the demons on the character. People don't take time to analyze their lives, to analyze their behavior, to see whether it fits God's word. You don't look to see whether your actions, your character is supported by God's word. See? And people are not, they don't, they are not spiritual enough to do that. And, and since, as I said, since people are, uh, they are by nature sons and daughters of God, the sons and daughters of God, they get deceived by this enticing spirit, such that they, they don't look at the scriptures. They don't either understand the scriptures or even bother to look to see whether their lives are in line with God's word. See? 
Now, let me read you this, uh, this enticing spirit. That's where I can, can rush a little bit. But I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Right? I was trying to lay a background so that I can show you now the work of demons. And let's look at ourselves. Let's look at our characters. My focus is not so much on the body now. But on our spirits. Whether our characters form our, our characters are according to God's word. Because remember, if they are not, then enticing spirits have deceived us. This is paragraph 39. Now, this morning, we are going to talk about demons in spiritual form in the soul. They are in the soul the same as they are in the body. And we are bound to admit that we see them in the human body, in people's body, such as cancers and different diseases that's in the human body. Just recently, even cancer has been declared to be a fourth dimension disease. But it's another dimension. Sure, it's demonology. Every disease is a fourth dimension disease, the beginning of it. I wish I had time to explain what this means. Let me just leave it. But it's in the realm of demonology. The fourth dimension is somewhere between physical something that can be scientifically proven and supernatural. Are we together? That's the fourth dimension. That's the easy way of, of, of that's the easiest way I, I think of describing it. It is physically there. But is gravitating towards this where science cannot detect it. So, and they were declaring cancer to be that kind of a thing. Now, all, all of them are like that. Because where we work, where we work as, as, as ministers, we are not doctors. When we pray for the sick, we are not dealing with the physical form. Doctors work under the, the first three dimensions. But with us, we don't work under those three. Right? Amen. The doctors deal with, I mean, the preachers and Christians, we work in the spirit form, the spirit form of the disease. While the doctors, 
The, like I was telling you, the radiologist will shoot the die in the person and show the surgeon where the body of the cancer is through its love for sugar. And the surgeon will take the x-rays to theater. And based on that, he cuts it out. Right? Amen. They are working on the body that the demon has formed for itself. Right? Amen. And when they take it out, and then they give her the drugs to poison the remnants of the disease, then, then they cure the disease if they can. Right? Amen. I wish I could, I could have more of that, but let me just... And now, now, cancer in the body or cancer in the soul the demon can come in either place. Now, there is many times and many people with good thoughts. Let, he didn't finish that sentence, but yeah, okay. Now, there is many times and many people with good thoughts. Good people who many times to rest upon some theology they have something that they have been taught since a child. And still find that down in their being, down in their soul, that they still have something that is not right. You many are here this morning, no doubt. Wherever you find Christians gathered together, you find people who have those spirits in them. Are you with me? I'm not saying that these people are not Christians. In fact, many times when you try to teach this kind of doctrine, the problem that I find is that people feel condemned. And then they are no longer they are no longer able to deal with the situation with the issue. Are you getting me? I'm going to show you, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, that the the first thing you do, if you are going to get, are you with me, brethren? If you are going to succeed to get rid of this doctrine, these demons, the first thing is to be very honest with yourself. And when you do, when you find it's there, you don't feel condemned. <laughs> Seems like I'm saying something strange. Here, let me tell you, here, condemnation is going to work against you. See? Amen. Here you have to take my word for it. Kati, you take my word. You take my word for it. You have to... Yeah. Look. 
I've been a Christian since many years. And I've dealt with people trying to help them get rid of these demons in the soul. And I know that when somebody gets emotional, like not very long ago, I had a brother. When he heard me preaching, then he came he, almost hysterical. See? Hysterical. Yeah. Emotional. See, he has a problem with temper. He doesn't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And he's And he's an old man. Now, when you get emotional, the, de the demon will just laugh at you. See? Mm. There is not a question of being emotional. This is not a question. This is not a question of getting condemned. This is the question of making a sober decision. This thing is there. And I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not me. It's not part of my being. It is not, it is not part of the nature my heavenly father gave me. It makes me act like this. And I'm not going to serve it anymore. This is where you actually laugh at it. And you decide to leave it. Lay it on the altar. Amen. It's not even crying. It's not even fasting. Amen. Is making decisions. I want to be this kind of person. Amen. A sober decision according to the word. No Amen. Oh, I don't know how. Condemnation will work against you. And Satan will use it. Amen. You know, the reason why I thought of saying this on the new year, you know, as we are crossing the year, this is a time when many people are making resolutions. Some of them say, I'm not going to drink anymore. Some of them, I'm why can't, why can't we, why can't we Make a decision. Make a resolution that I'm going to I'm going to diagnose any demon in my being. And in my spirit, in my body, in my soul, I'm going to serve God. And he's saying here that when you find Christians gathered together, you find people who have no spirits in them. Pardon me. 
Now, it's undesirable. I'm reading. They don't want them. They say, Oh, if I could only quit lying. If I could only quit lasting. If I could only quit this or that. See, now, that is devils. And remember he's saying, wherever you find Christians gather together, you find people with those spirits in their spirit, in their souls. Or you want to tell me that here in Kampala they cannot come? Here in Speckled Bad, we shout so well until, until no demon can come here. You want to tell me that? If you say that, then I can show you people who are listening to enticing spirits. Wherever you find Christians, you find people with those spirits. See? Now, they come in the form of religion many times. Now, uh, in this in this quotation, see, I don't know if you are awake, you would note that in this quotation, Brother Branham describes those two things that are wrong. And I'm going to read a few. You know, I, I want you to, if you if you can. If you can if you, can, if you can study that message yourself, then you'll understand I'm going exactly the way the prophet taught it. He describes two methods that people use. One that is described in this quotation here is, are you with me? I want you to get this real well. This is where they hide. People hold on to some Christian traditions a form of Christianity that they have been taught since a child. When you say become a Christian, all along you have, been, you have been seeing some people you call Mlokole you become a Mlokole like this one being a Christian like this one so all the time there is wired in your, in your mental concept of what a Christian is so when, when you become that kind of a Christian, you become satisfied. Let me shock you. Are you with me? I hope you don't think I'm teaching heresy. But up, to, up to this time, 
We have not yet seen the full benefit of redemption. In other words, you have not seen yet what is called in God's mind a Christian. The full work of redemption the full benefit of the Holy Ghost has not yet been seen. Amen. Probably what is in our minds and why we are satisfied is because of this Christian tradition that we have been taught. And it has been wired in our minds what a Christian is. And people have rested. The church has become satisfied. Because we are, we are Christians. We have achieved the Christianity that we have seen all along. And we have taught as a tradition. So you may ask me, brother Kiwa, what do you have in mind? What is the full benefit? What is the full benefit of redemption? Let me tell you, I will never be satisfied until I see Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden. On this earth. In other words, you have seen it manifested in the life of the prophet God giving us a taste Till when he confronts that killer bull in the presence of that love it, all the fight goes away. Amen. In the presence of those those when they come into the presence of that brother when the church is in that state when they come like here I don't know how much shouting there will be hey, but I'm telling you creepers would come in they go back with their crutches on their shoulders. See? Such, an, such a love among the people. Sin cannot stay there. There shall be such a time before the church goes home. Amen. Amen. See? Exactly. Now, the thing that we have been taught 
traditionally and not as a Christian it is enough to keep us from just to give a good citizen a good social character you will not be able to do things that may make you get excommunicated from the church but you know you still find that people here, they won't fornicate, they won't do this, but they will have a bad negative, a negative attitude towards their neighbor. And be unfriendly. Towards I'm sorry, and because they don't look at the word. They get satisfied with what they see. Do you get me? Okay. Like I was trying to tell a certain person. Okay. You may be a very good singer. Very wonderful tithe pair. You love the brethren a lot. But you are somebody who is quarrelsome. You are somebody who is who is heady. And two people are scared of you. To correct you. I was telling that person. A chain is the strength of a chain it's at the weakest link. And because people get enticing spirit, they deceive people who are popular, they are nice, they are doing a good job everywhere. They they have a character that gives them a name. So they, their eyes get closed with that good name. And they don't look at the word of God. Amen. See, to examine their, their, their characters. And even when God brings it to their attention, sometimes they get offended because of the good name they have. See? And that's where the enemy knows where you are. He he will never leave that place. Now, the other thing the prophet teaches eh, is the the wrong methods of casting those spirits out. We have talked about that. It is not rebuking yourself. It is not Getting emotional. Yeah. You see people jumping about, and crying. No, that. no, no, no. Not fasting. Yeah. Now, uh, before, I don't think I'll leave this this point. Eh? Uh, now, 
The prophet talked in that message. He illustrated. I want you to listen to this. Eh? He illustrated the, the strength Amen. of these demons. How, what a great effect they have on your whole being. Are you getting me? It may seem very innocent. But if you know that there is such a thing in your character, it's hiding itself. You may take it lightly. But it has such a powerful effect on you. Such a powerful paralyzing effect on you. Until if it is put under a machine it can be detected. Scientifically. science. <laughs> Amen. See? He talked about something called a lie detector. I want to use that. With some other quotations there. To show you the effect of any such demon inside our being. Paragraph 46 of that he says. Watch just a few minutes on the physical. Now we have many years, half a years, we got what we call a lie detector. And your body wasn't made to lie. No matter how sinful you are, you are still a fallen son of God. The most sinful person in this city today, God didn't intend you to be sinful. He wanted you to be a son or daughter of his. You are made up of his own makeup. But sin has caused you to do that. And no matter how much try you to impersonate and try to, uh, to try to make a lie seem right, they got a scientific instrument that proves that it's wrong. You can tell it with all the innocence you want to but it is still registered negative. Because there is a subconscious down in the human being and that subconscious knows what's truth. And no matter what you are saying out here, the subconscious knows that it's a lie. And it's it register off in the subconscious. See? Are you getting me? Now, you, the, you, inside you, you know what's truth. 
But when you present the issue, you speak not what is inside you. That causes your own body to have such a reaction that it can be detected by a machine. Then how much more do you think it paralyzes your body, your whole being? Until your faith cannot function as a son of God. Now, I'm not talking about lying with the mouth only. You know, we have something that we have been calling with, uh, with, with some people that we live with telling a lie, telling the truth that is a lie. See? Mm. You are telling the truth technically but you are hiding some truth in it. That's telling a technical lie. I was preaching some time ago expounding on this uh, statement that Jesus made eh? of walking in the light. Walking in the light. You know, we should be walking in the light. See? That's why you see these young people. You see that a sister has been married by an unbeliever. Whatever steps you are making in life, decisions, there should be somebody who knows what you are doing. See? Mm. If, you are, if, you are, if you are making a decision, a big decision like that, it's wrong to keep it secret. That nobody knows about it. In the church. See? Somebody, you should tell somebody. See? Oh yeah. And there are some Hey, I've saved some sisters and even brothers. Somebody who, somebody who obeys that gospel. See? Sister. Sister. Not very long ago, a sister just It took a long time for her to spill it out. But at least she did. It was very good. Of a plan that she wanted to do, and it would have been disastrous. But she felt she could share it with me. <laughs> and I got out of that trouble. It would have it would have thrown her into hell. See? Before you make a decision. See, don't, there is nothing that is too secret. 
Oh, do you think it's, some people say, but nobody can understand me. Yet when you examine the thing that is so secret, nobody can understand. It, it is as common as these stones here. Do you want to tell me nobody in this earth has <laughs> ever had such a situation? Apart from you. You have such a situation that nobody can understand. And you are worrying over it. Considering it. Or if, or if I tell it, nobody will understand me. See? Walking in the light. Make your plans known. Tell somebody. You cannot have the whole of this church. A big church like this. And there is nobody. That can be your friend. A friend deep enough. That you can expose yourself to. Last year in Kenya. Kenya. We lost a, a number of believers, young believers, through suicide. Suicide. They commit suicide. Why? See? There is no friend that they can pour their heart. See? People. People twist themselves into complexes. You mean such a big church? Brother. Brother. No, I don't understand that. When we were young people, when we were looking for wives, the, we used to have friends. Before you approach a certain girl, your friends know. Even when you are going now to make an attempt, they will ask you, how did that go? Pardon? They will ask you, how did that go? See? And it is not just jokes. We used to pray for each other. But you have everything open. Somebody knows what you are doing. See, walking in the light. Now, and because people don't walk in the light, the life they expose it's not the life in their subconscious. The things they make known to people are not what is inside them. It has such an effect on their faith, on their being. That you they are not able to do anything for God. Are you getting me? I don't know whether it's getting in. Let me show you. Let me read you another, another quotation in the message called Messiah. The Messiah. 
I remember I've read this quote here. But let me just let me tell you where it is. The Messiah, because I'm looking at the clock, is paragraph 33. Now, the prophet said, eh, he saw in a telecast, in a television, now, are you with me? Please listen to me. In a telecast, that a man, he would put a glass of water here. And then, he concentrates on it. Just looking at it, concentrate on it until it cracks. He commands it to crack and water runs out. Right? Amen. And he said, that man with such a power in himself. Do you know the, the kind of power he was talking about? Eh? Is where his subconscience, what he says, he believes. There is such a connection between his inside, subconscience, and what he expresses. Until it has such a power that it will burst a glass of water. See? Now, and he says, this man is a sinner. If he became a Christian, where what he believes in his subconscience is exactly what he says, it can have such an effect that it will raise the dead, it will heal cripples. What cripples people's faith is that they are not sincere. What they have in their subconscience is not what they express. Amen. They express something else to, to impress. To show you what you would like, he would like you to see. And it paralyzes their faith. Because you are living like an actor. You are acting. If you know that if I act this way, I'll have honor and praise among but these people. But it's not what is inside <laughs> me. And that paralyzes your faith. When you when you go to, 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 to even when you go to pray for the sick, you don't believe in yourself with that depth of sincerity. No way when you go to be prayed for, again the subconscious does not talk the same as the, the conscious part. Because you are used to living a lie. I hope you are getting me. See? 
So not being truthful, not being sincere, it paralyzes us. And you'll find that if we bring a lie detector here, this the kind of life that this person shows us here in church is it according to their makeup. Are they really as holy as they are shouting? As they as humble as they are showing us. Do they love God? With their whole heart. The way they are singing. If we put a lie detector here. I wonder how many of us would pass that test And that paralyzes us. It paralyzes our faith. And we weaken the church. I hope you get what I'm trying to tell you. We must believe God. We must examine ourselves. Because that discordance is the work of enticing spirit. They make us to be to be satisfied with living a lie. Acting. Like not very long ago. There's a young girl in our, in our church. We always knew that she's a pretender. Because all the time she's in cases, problems, problems insulting people, doing this and that. Then she reached a place where she told some, a sister, uh, with me I cannot pretend anymore. And she went into the world. <laughs> Why live a life of pretending? You love the world. The people of the world are you. But because of social standing, you want to be known to The lie detector is going to bring that. And, and I'm saying that not only the lie detector, but the lie detector, it is a sign of how powerful those demons have an effect of paralyzing our faith. It's like if you have this thing, they test the electricians. They test whether the current is flowing. See? If it's not flowing, then the machine will not work. See? Now the word, it's held in the heart. But if the subconscious does not believe the word, 
truly. You, you, you put test that wire there. Test, test what is coming from the mouth. With what is inside. The light will not show. Then the faith is paralyzed. The sick don't get healed. See? And the church becomes weak. Let me show you. The prophet also, in that message of the Messiah, he talked about, no, it's not in the Messiah. It's this message called uh, Christianity versus idolatry. Where he said, the, the fire walkers of India, they believe they have been taught by their priests a doctrine of a, of a, of a God in the supernatural. And they have, they believe that that God, they have made an image. That you can have this pulpit here. This image that that God in the supernatural world comes into this pulpit. So they, become, they come before the pulpit that is the, the image they have made for that God. They sacrifice and they pour the blood of a goat there. They have carried some food so they eat some of it. Some of it they, they pour for the God to eat. They have communion there. Like we are going to have communion. And listen. To believe. To believe. That their sacrifice has been accepted. It is tested. That faith is tested. They have to walk through fire. And they hit fire. Coals of fire. Maybe from this pool, the edge of the pulpit there. About 15 feet. And they walk through that fire. Sometimes they put uh, buckets of water on their bodies. I've seen a man doing that. Eh? And he was carrying his fat wife. On his back. And he walked through the fire. The feet sink into the fire. About the foot. To the other end. And they don't get a scotch. Now the prophet said. Eh, it's not those demons. That they are, they are worshipping. It's not the demons. That, that protect them from the fire. See? Mm. It is their faith. You see, they believe what they, what they have been taught. 
with such sincerity they believe that with all their heart there is no insincerity no hypocrisy and that is what protects them now if Christianity could be believed in such a such a way such that whatever is taught here it is held by the subconscious as it is exactly the truth nothing but the truth you would be doing such miracles here because can our God protect against that fire? Can he do it? Amen. You are not saying amen. Listen. He, he did the same thing. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were thrown into a fire that was greater than that. He doesn't do it for sure. To entertain people. But God has power to do it. Amen. If his word was held with such sincerity, such miracles would be taking place. Here. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. See? Hmm. Amen. Just. One more quotation, and then I'm, I'm going to close. Uh, yeah, I get into the closing remarks. But when you paragraph 50 of this enticing spirit. But when your confession says one thing, and your life lives another, there is something wrong somewhere. That's because you've got an intellectual faith. And not a faith from your heart. And that shows that outside here is a knowledge of God. I wish I could get this so that we can all read. The prophet uses very strong language here. Okay. Can everybody see? When your confession says one thing and your life lives another, there is something wrong somewhere. That's because you've got an intellectual faith and not a faith from your heart. And that shows that outside there is a knowledge of God, but inside there is a demon of doubting. I believe in divine healing. But it's not for me. See? Get it? Outside you say, yes. Inside your conscience says, your conscience says no. Out, okay. Inside your, your conscience says no. That same scientific thing would prove that it, that wasn't right. Prove it. So, even this inability to believe God for healing and for problems 
The prophet indicates there that it is the work of demons. Doubting. Do you see, brethren, how closely we should examine ourselves? Do you get my point? See? See? That's why you find many people they, they don't even utilize uh, utilize uh, all the benefits of the cross. And those are the things that come in churches. I, I, I could say a lot of things, but you find that the prophet he says it's the same thing that comes on the pulpits here. Teaches a gospel that allows people away from the word of God. Allows them card parties, wrong dressing, wrong, wrong doctrines. Like so many wrong doctrines are coming into the message. Find great, great teachers of the message. They start allowing people, even teaching people how to drink. Alcohol. Some things you cannot even believe. Some things even beat common sense. Can you imagine somebody, a great teacher of the message, teaching, teaching brethren to keep concubines? Can Drinking concubines? These are devils. These are enticing spirits. And they find themselves on the pulpit. See? Remember, we are not talking about flesh. But Satan is so smooth. See? And comes among the people. Teach them to have unscriptural ways of looking at things. You, know? you struggle with people so that they can make things right with each other. When something goes wrong between you and your brother, between you and your instead of following what the word says, Call them, talk, talk about it. Ah, you call them, talk about it. No, if you can't agree, call somebody else until the whole thing is settled. You can't tell me that you can have, you can have such a complex situation. The only way is to, to sit in church being enemies. No, no, no. 
that the only thing that you have in church the only thing you have in church is somebody who is complaining about a church like this talks to somebody about it talks to another maybe let me tell you this, these are the things the prophet was saying was caused by demons in the church Amongst a lot of people, we find where emotions and so forth, oh, that anger and all that, they have become tattlings and backbitings. And all kinds of ungodly things. Brother, that is sulfuric acid in the church. It's demon power. The spirit of men and women who get among one another and try to push off, say, this is not right, this is not right, that's not right. If you chase it down, nine times out of ten, it's the very person making the star that's not right. The person? The person that is making the star. The person that is shaking the church. Trying to correct things. That's the fellow that is not right. God hates discord among the brethren. Now, let me wind up. Because I want to, 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 to illustrate on what you do now. I wish I could be able to convince you, every one of you, not to shy to really critically examine your soul and your actions. Not examining yourself with the objective of justifying yourself. There was a man called Ahab. Right? Ahab, Ahab was a believer. When he went to, before he goes somewhere, he would want to consult the Lord. He believed that he was a Christian who was interested in knowing God's mind. Right? He thought he was that kind of a Christian. Yet, when it comes to somebody telling him the truth, he loved those who would tell him, tell him smooth things, nice things about himself. And if anybody would tell him something negative, he would hate that person. In his subconscious, he hated, he hated being told the truth. Yet he wanted to believe that he was a he was a 
He was a God-fearing man. Listen. If you are that kind of a person, you are a very good candidate for listening to enticing spirits. Because they like such people. Those are the people. If you read the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, they were condemning Israel. Because because Israel had deteriorated deteriorated in quality. And they wanted prophets who tell them nice things. So he was prophesying to them and telling you people. Israel. You tell your prophet. Prophesy as smooth things. Things that are nice to hear. That's what we want. If you want to detect enticing spirits lying to you, be a person who is not like Ahab. You are in love with the word that comes from the mouth of God. Whether it is good or whether it is bad. See? Amen. For example, there is a believer here who what? asked Brother Branham a question. This question really impresses me. And I wish people were with this, like this kind of, a, I think it was a sister. I don't know whether it was a sister or a brother. Sister or a brother. She asked, uh, question 137, that is God being misunderstood. Eh? The prophet said, eh? I mean, this person asked, Brother Branham, I am saved. And I have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But how do I get away from a stubborn spirit that I I can't seem to break away from? I wish we could be having these kind of questions. I have a spirit. I have a Not long ago, another wonderful brother came to me and told me, hey, brother, I have a lying spirit. What do I do with it? Oh, yeah. That's a wonderful brother. That's not an unbeliever. That's a brother who believes God's word. And wants to serve God. See? You should be asking each other. Help me. I have a spirit that makes me not like so and so. Remember, the fight is not against you. The en- Listen, let me repeat what I said. The enemy, or rather the enemies that are fighting, is demons, 
and the word of God. They don't want the word made flesh. Amen. Now God has called you so that the word can have victory. Are you going to listen to his word? Or are you going to listen to enticing spirits? If you listen to enticing spirits, you will be comfortable. But the word is defeated. The word has no strength. Church is powerless. But if you lose, if you pay the price, confess, expose the demon that is trying to entice you, and then it's cast away, the word will have victory. Although you may you may feel ashamed. Yeah, that's the price to pay. Yeah. See? Amen. Yeah. Now, like that brother, when I look at him, he looks a nice young man. Wonderful, intelligent. But it tells me I have a lying spirit. My mind may change about him. If my mind is, if my heart is not right with God, I may despise him. But if I have an understanding, I would know this is a soldier of the cross. We are not here to make a nice group where we admire one another. No. We are here for we are here for the word to be made our flesh. This is what Jesus said. You have to pay the cost. In our opening scripture. See? You have got to know what you are getting yourself into. So I want to fight for Jesus. You have yes. to pay the price. If you can't do that, you cannot be his disciple. You'll just be, a, you'll just be warming the chair there. A nest of demons that Satan uses to paralyze the church. Now, then, so first of all, that is the first step to be honest and to be open. To be able to take the torch of the word. Because these, these demons, they are creatures of darkness. But you shine the light of the word. And denounce it. Uh, Andy? Denounce it. Denounce it. No Now, Brother Branham said this, because we are talking about how to get rid of them. 
Well, my Christian brother, sister, whoever it may be. Many times, when you get a people that's got stubborn spirit, it usually a complex that causes this. Complex. 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 Now, I don't know Luganda, so... Somebody help him. A complex is, is, a, is an abnormal way of reacting to something. Amen. See? And it's inherited. Sometimes it's inherited. Now, let me ask you. If I'm born with a, a long nose, which I inherit from my father. Is it my fault that I have a long nose? So why should, be a, why should I be ashamed of my long nose? The same thing with a complex. That's a demon. But you inherit it. They are demons of adultery. And people inherit them. Is that true? Yes. Amen. You find a brother. Wonderful brother. But he cannot keep off women. Trace it back. His, his great grandfather was like that. He had, he had 20 wives. You find his father. Had ten, and he was also an adulterer. Could not even, even be satisfied with those ten. So the brother inherits it. When he is saved, they don't go. So he persists with them. Unless he can, he can. He can admit it. If he tries to hide it, see, many times they don't survive. Because they take sides with the demons. Right? Amen. Now, and he says it. He says here, they inherited from grandmother, grandfather, somebody like that. And if you trace it back through there, your life. Now, I've taken this by experience under discernment. Because I have met cases on the platform. Hey, Brother Branham on the platform was dealing mainly with. Christians. Is that right? And he says, he says thousands. So it's a very common demon. And it's by discernment. And the first thing you know, I would chase that spirit right back by discernment. 
There was a granddaddy, grandmother, there was somebody else back there. And you, you inherit that by nature. Now, stubbornness is not of God. And the only way to get away from that. You have to have faith to overcome that. That you are a Christian. Now, I think I have to let, let me just go over this quickly. Let me finish. Because I can see, I'm, I'm, I'm almost an hour past my time that I was given. But, but let, let, me, let, me, let me summarize by giving you the, the remedy. Right? Amen. If, if I would have continued with that quotation, the prophet said, Some people go to the altar and they go rebuke it. It doesn't work. Right? Amen. In this message of enticing spirits, he was saying some people try fasting. Fine. See, I'm, I'm not discouraging you from fasting. But if it was just fasting, there has to be something else accompany the fasting. Right? I mean, the way to do it is believe the word of God. Take sides with the word. In this manner. Now, I believe that you are saved. Is that right? You were once a sinner. I was once a sinner. Now, what did I do? Those were demons of unbelief. I didn't care about God. But one day, a preacher, I heard a preacher preaching. And the word of God came in my heart. See? And I said, ah, so I can be saved. See? Because the way the word came to me, the scripture that struck me was, if the son shall make you free, you, you shall be free Free indeed. I believe that. No, Jesus saved me. And I'll be free And I believe I was free. I knelt down. Jesus, I give you my life. Then I felt my burden has gone. I believe I was a Christian. Right? Now when I believe I'm a Christian, I know that Christians don't lie. Christians don't drink. Right? 
Amen. And I confess. When I was coming from that Presbyterian convention. How was the convention? I remember I told the boys who were laughing at me. Oh, it was glorious. So you are full of glory. Yes, full of glory. Whether they laugh, whether they don't laugh, I'm happy with what I'm saying. Because now I believe I'm on this side. That's the way to approach demons living. Lay it on the altar. Say, Jesus, God, you are the one who created me. You created me in your own image. It is not your nature to lie. This must be a deceiving, enticing spirit. And it must leave me. And I'm laying it on this altar. From here onwards, I am never going to lie again. And you go rejoicing. And you go testifying. Amen. Oh, I used to be a liar. But I'm not going to lie anymore. I used to have a temper. But now, temper is not the it is, it is not the character of sons of God. I am never going to have another temper. Amen. If you don't love your wife enough, but if you don't love your wife enough. You say, God, you gave me that wife. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. Gideon is going to celebrate his 25 years of marriage. I remember when I was celebrating our 20th year. Then our friends called a party. And then they asked me to give a speech. Why? Is, why? You seem, you seem to, be, to have a nice marriage. Give us some secrets. I told them, what I do, I take God's word. I read Ephesians 5. Bible telling me, husbands, love your wives. See? As Christ loves the church. And I told them, that is not conditional. Whether my wife cooks for me, whether she doesn't care about me, that's up to her. That's between her and God. But with me, I'll focus my eyes on what the one tells me to do. See? Hmm. And that's what I'm saying. If, if you ask, if, let me tell you, if you live a good life, if you, if you live a good life, but the word is difficult. When people see your marriage, you break the word. You don't love your wife. So people don't see Adam and Eve. 
People don't see Christ and the church in your marriage. Because the church is not perfect. Is the church perfect? Does Christ still love the church? So they should see that in you. If physically you are just okay, you know you have a nice car, you have a nice job, or whatever. But the word is on in the mud. Then you have let us down. You have let us down. And, and you know what's happening? You have listened to enticing spirits. They are telling you, a Muganda man, see, mm. he has to cough I know. and the wife to run. And the wife does what? Runs. So you are having your way. But, but the word is trampled in the mouth. The word is defeated. The kingdom of God is defeated. Why? Because you listened to enticing spirits. So I'm advising you. Today, before the year ends, you tell God, God, you called me to be your son. You called me so that when people look at my marriage, they can see Jesus and the church. And this demon, I'm laying it down here. And I'm leaving it here. If you are a liar, if you are stubborn, hard-headed, always case people complaining about you. God, this is not the daughter of God. A daughter of God is soft, cooperative. But I find myself argumentative. God, that enticing spirit, I'm laying, the, I'm laying it down here. I'll not cross with it in the new year. See? Don't just beat there. Don't, con don't hey. Don't condemn yourself. That doesn't help. Just take yourself to be a daughter of God. And make a sane decision. I'm going to live for Jesus. From now I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to be a part of the army of the living God. So that so that our army conquers the enemy. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. See, that's the way to do it. There is a fountain 
filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains blood beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains that dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in is dear. Oh, when the mirror go violets wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins Sins away. 
by the word. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The devil is defeated. It was defeated by our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can defeat him by faith. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for the word of the Lord. Surely you need to make a decision. You cannot continue in defeat.